You are listening to the Salty Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Anas Kesto. I'm salty not just because Jesus says you're the salt of the earth, but also because I'm salty in the sense that I'm watching the culture shift towards this progressive ideology, and it's becoming more anti-Christian by the day, and it's been slowly destroying our Christian values. I'm also salty because I'm watching Catholics become very lukewarm in their faith and not standing up and defending against this secular culture. So I'm here to sprinkle in a little bit of flavor. Alright, let's begin. Now before I begin, I would just like to say that I'm proud to announce that this podcast will now be under the ECRC umbrella. And ECRC will now have three podcasts which will all have a different feel to them, but with the same goal in mind and that is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can check out the other podcasts from ECRC, one by my great brothers, Jeff Kassab and Polaris Hockey, and it's called The Catholic Avengers. And the other one by my okay brother, Sean A.R., and his podcast is called The Right to Be Catholic. That's R-I-T-E, to be Catholic. You can find them on Apple, Google, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So please subscribe and listen and show your support to my great brothers. All right, so let's begin. Today I will be talking about the temptations of Christ. And um, shortly after the baptism of Jesus, we read that he went into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And this came right before Jesus began his earthly ministry. He went into the desert to be tempted in three different ways. But the question I need to ask is, how does this apply to my life? How does the temptations of Jesus apply to the world today? What does it mean for me and what can I learn from it? Now to understand it, I'm going to read a passage from Matthew 4. And then I'll break it down and get you to see how these three temptations are still being used today on us. And we all fall for it. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians don't recognize it and continue to fall for them. All right, let's read. So this is from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. And it goes like this. Then Jesus was led to the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And afterwards, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will give his angels charge of you, and on their hand they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and glory of them. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. And the devil left him and behold, angels came and ministered to him. Now, first thing you'll notice, Jesus answered each one of these with, It is written. Jesus always refers to scripture. He always refers to the word of God. Jesus never responds with, Well, you know, I think, or I believe, or, you know, my opinion on this is, No, no, no. Jesus is setting an example that when being confronted with something that is tempting us or attempting to alter the truth or that's misleading or misdirecting us from God, The first thing we need to do is look to what Scripture says, not to what we say. We need to look at the Word of God. If you recall in the last episode, I talked about how we're in this culture that's pushing the false gospel that's very self-centered, and it's shaped many Christians to first look inward and examine how we feel about the truth 
and then decide whether we should accept it or not, completely disregarding God who is truth, the ultimate truth. But Jesus here, in his very first sort of action recording, is shaping the way he'll begin his ministry, disregarding human feelings and putting God in the center of the way we respond to the devil. So let's break them down. The first temptation, we see the devil asking Jesus to turn stone into bread. Now, Jesus was hungry. Being hungry is not a bad thing. We all have that urge, and that way we know when to eat. That way we can have energy to continue to live. So I'm not going to explain how food works. I think we all pass fourth grade science, and we understand how this works. However, in this passage, hunger, which is a normal human urge, um, and it's ordered for good, was used in a disordered way. The devil tempts us to use this urge as a weakness. The devil told Jesus to use stone, a meaningless, lifeless object, to satisfy an urge that he had. He asked him to turn something of practically no value into something that can satisfy his hunger for real food. And how many times does the devil do this with us? The devil, which comes from the word diablos, which means deceiver. Uh, He uses meaningless things all the time in our life, and he tells us to use them to satisfy our urges. He tempts us with things like, uh, here's money to satisfy the urge of your happiness, and things like, here's drugs and alcohol to satisfy our urge for, you know, mentally feeling better and being relaxed. He tempts us with cheating to satisfy our urge to be successful. And I know, I know. Those sound like a little bit cliche, and I bring them up because those are like just surface-level temptations. This type of temptation goes a lot deeper, and it's been destroying our culture. And I'm going to give you a few examples. Uh, One being our sexual desire. Oh, so God gave you sexuality, huh? Well, it must be a good thing, so go ahead, just use it. Don't worry about it. Turn this into a fun time. Oh, and don't worry if you get pregnant. That's not even, you shouldn't even worry about that. You could just always go get an abortion because abortion will give you freedom, but sex, yes, good. Go ahead, use it. Do what you want with this, satisfy your urge. Oh, you want to be loved? I got it. I mean, who doesn't want to be loved? Check this out, check this out. Why don't you turn yourself into someone that you're not? You know, much like asking Jesus to to command a rock to turn itself into something that it's not, why don't you do the same thing with yourself? Go ahead, pretend to be smarter to be better, to be more successful than what you really are to impress the girls that you clearly have no shot with. As a matter of fact, go ahead and brag about it on social media. Then you'll be loved by many. Well, not you, but the person you're pretending to be will be loved by many, but who cares? And if someone questions your faith and morals, just pretend that you don't care about faith and morals. I mean, don't be that loser who always, you know, is being a buzzkill by bringing up this Jesus guy into everything. As a matter of fact, take it a step further. Just keep suppressing what you know to be the truth about moralities like homosexuality, adultery, and drugs. That way, you won't seem hateful and you'll seem inclusive and tolerant of everyone, right? Everybody can do whatever they want. Yeah, doesn't that sound great? And look what we have here. You have the desire to find meaning in life. Yeah, yeah, we keep hearing about this God character, but how about something new for a change, huh? Here are some horoscopes to help guide you in life, yeah. And, and these meditations that can help you reflect on yourself and nothing else but yourself, right? Just shut everything out and just focus on yourself only. And here, here are some rocks, I, I mean chakras, chakras. Yeah, yeah, these will drive away all the bad juju and negative energy and just bring you positive energy only. Brothers and sisters, we need to be careful. The devil will always look for something that we desire, which is good. 
and use something bad to fulfill the desire. He's leading us away from what is true, which is rocks are not food. And he's making us think that this rock will nourish our body, much like he makes us think that sin will nourish our soul. So we need to be careful. All right, the next temptation was that Jesus would jump off the top of the temple, and it is written in the Bible that God will send his angels to save it. Now, Jesus here does what he does often. He corrects misinterpretation of scripture by using scripture. And man, is this temptation rampant these days. How many times have you heard someone say something like, don't judge me. Only God can judge me. Okay, Tupac, first of all, that's not what scripture says. But they'll say something like this as if to say that Jesus taught us not to judge people and just to leave them alone while they go about their day committing their sin. Just leave them alone while they're living their life of sin because Jesus says don't judge others. It's a lot of crap, first of all. Jesus has never encouraged the faithful to just live and let live. You know, to stand back and do nothing. The opposite. I've discussed this previously, but four verses after Jesus says, let he without sin cast the first stone, he tells a woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. But the devil likes to use scripture against us. One of my favorite quotes comes from uh, St. Vincent of Larence. He was a church father who wrote in the 5th century, and he wrote this. Here, possibly someone may ask, do heretics also appeal to scripture? They do indeed, and with vengeance. You may see them scamper through every single book of holy scriptures, through the books of Moses, the books of Kings, the Psalms, the Epistles, the Gospels, the Prophets, whether among their own people or among strangers, in private or in public, in speaking or in writing, convivial meetings or in the streets, hardly ever do they bring forward anything of their own which they do not endeavor to shelter under the words of Scripture. Read their works, the works of these pests, and you will see an infinite heap of instances, hardly a single page which does not, which does not bristle with plausible quotations from New Testament and Old. And he goes on to say, But more secretly they conceal themselves under shelter of divine law, so much the more that they are to be feared and guarded against. For they know the evil stench of their doctrine, and will hardly find acceptance with anyone if it be exalted pure and simple. So they sprinkle over it, therefore, with perfume of heavenly language, in order that one would be ready to despise human error, may hesitate to condemn divine words. I love this so much. He's pretty much saying that this false gospel under the direction of the devil, what people do is they take a horrible idea that they want to advance, they cherry pick out a verse from the Bible to justify it, that way if you challenge the idea they can come back and say, oh, what, you don't follow the Bible? It's what Jesus says, what are you saying, Jesus is wrong? We see many examples of this, of people misinterpreting scripture like this, totally taking scripture out of context to make it seem like God is telling us something that he isn't. You'll hear things like, uh, Jesus taught us to love our neighbor, so don't be hateful towards, I don't know, the LGBT people or, or non-Christians or anybody with any kind of view. You, you should love everybody. But that's not what Jesus was saying. You can't just take one sentence out of the New Testament and provide no context whatsoever, completely disregarding the rest of the Bible. So when someone tells you, well, the Bible says this to justify their immoral behavior or any kind of immoral action or, or justifying any kind of ideology, your immediate response should always be, it is also written. It's the best defense against this kind of heresy. And to my fellow devout Christians, you're not getting away from this either. I don't think this just applies to this like progressive uh, type of Christians. It applies just as much to practicing Catholics. And, and here's an example. Ever heard someone say like, you know, ask and it will be given to you when it comes to, I don't know, finding a spouse, looking for work, 
trying to study for an exam, what a lot of faithful Catholics like to do is substitute prayer and faith with doing some actual work uh, for, for what they're asking for. A guy or a girl will pray to find themselves a good person to marry, but won't leave an inch outside of their comfort zone to meet new people. They just assume that God will Amazon Prime them a spouse right to their doorstep when the time is right. Yeah, Jesus did say, ask and it will be given. And he did say, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. But it is also written, in toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to want. And it is also written, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. So know your Bible, Christians, because if you don't, you can easily be misled. And now we come to the third and final temptation, which the devil tells Jesus to um, bow down and worship him, and he'll just pretty much give him everything. And Jesus smacks him with, we shall worship the Lord our God and God alone. And then the angels started to sing and dance. And man, today's culture, this is what it's all about. It's about getting everything we ever want and doing whatever it takes, including selling our souls to the devil. Um you'll hear this kind of temptation and things like, all this money and power I will give you if you bow down to me and worship me in the form of cheating people out of their money or you know, skipping time with the Lord so that you can work extra to make more money so that you can afford a Cadillac instead of a Chevy. Or all this freedom from consequences I will give to you if you just bow down and worship me in the form of feminism that teaches women to be sexually active and use abortion as contraception. We're living in a generation of self-gratification. We like to do whatever makes us happy and feel good. And we're glad, like I said, to sell our souls to the devil, literally, so that we can do so. This temptation is the devil's favorite one to use because it's... This temptation is the devil's favorite one to use because it's the most successful one out of the three temptations. It's why he saved the best for last. He knows our pride very, very well. And he's not afraid to use it against us. The devil is using the culture in, in, in the media and the Hollywood and, and social media and technology to offer us anything we want. The media will feed us lies and steer us away from God and then call us names like bigots and homophobe and transphobe and whatever phobe of the day, the word of the day is, all because we follow the gospel of Christ, all because we worship God and not man. And then after they make you look like the bad guy, they'll be like, well, if you don't like us calling you these names, you know, if we don't like us calling you bigot or homophobic or hateful or whatever, all you have to do is bow down and worship our ideology. That's all you have to do. And then in Hollywood, the devil will be there telling women, look, if you want a part in this movie and be rich and famous, all you have to do is bow down and worship me by sleeping with this producer. You know, the same thing happens in the music industry, but... Uh, You've heard these stories many times, the Harvey Weinstein, which, you know, spawned the uh, hashtag MeToo movement. It's all the devil's work. It's all the devil's temptation to give us everything that we want, but we have to do something in return. Uh, Social media, the devil will say, if you want to be rich and famous and have many followers and many fans and be loved by and adored by many people, all you have to do is bow down and worship me in the form of, I don't know, TikTok dances where you're half naked uh, or you encourage others to enjoy a life of drugs and alcohol and start a trend where people are bullying each other or putting yourself in harm's way. Do all this and I will give you the world. We have to be careful. We need to realize that the devil is tempting us and say to him, it is written that you shall worship the Lord your God and him you shall only serve. 
we need to use the word of God against the devil in this culture. When we hear that like, hey, it's okay to have sex with your girlfriend. I mean, you guys love each other anyway, right? You're probably going to get married eventually. So what's the big deal? You need to say, it is written, you shall not commit adultery. We need to be able to answer back using our knowledge of scripture. The reason we're tempted is the same reason we get a test, well, you know, when we're in school, is so that we can get an evaluation of what we understand so that we know our weakness and hopefully improve. Human life is full of all sorts of tests. They're necessary to know something that otherwise would be hidden and unknown to us. St. Thomas Aquinas puts it this way, the immediate purpose of temptation is knowledge. When the devil tempts us, it's in order for him to know what he otherwise would not know about us, which is what's the condition of our soul? Are we, in God, are we in God's grace or not? He knows that we're all susceptible to sin. He knows that for a fact. But he's desperate to drag as many souls into hell before the end of times. He's desperate for that win. So let's pray that God gives us the grace to fight all these temptations in the world, which for the most part come from the devil. If we keep focused on Christ and Christ alone, if we make him the center of our life and we look to his word and not our feelings, the devil stands no chance in hell. Ah, you see what I did there? Well, that brings me to the end of this episode. From the bottom of my heart, I want to thank everybody who listens, all 12 of you out there. And uh, the only thing I can ever ask for is your prayers. It's the only thing I need from you to continue doing this work. And if you're feeling extra nice, you can support me by recommending this podcast to your family and friends and share it and give it a five-star review. All right. God bless you all and be salty. Be salty.